On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, we welcome you back from the weekend and we dive into Kevin Durant. Once again, new information. What does it mean as far as the 76ers go? We'll check into it all next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens, 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partners, always, TheInquirer.com, Sixers beat writer Keith Pompey. Keith, how was the weekend? It was good, man. It was good. It was, uh, I guess, relaxing a little go. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Movie, yeah. I went to go see Beast. We went to go see the movie Beast yesterday. How was it? It was good. It was, it was yeah. good. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was good. I recommend it. Okay. I was going to check it out. wasn't sure. Uh, I know Idris Elba, you know, a lot of people like his work, but I wasn't sure in this role. Did you see the role? Did you see the story about his daughter auditioned for the role, but he uh, he, he didn't want her to play the part and she was mad at him, didn't talk, for him, talk to him for two weeks? I didn't see that. You didn't see that? Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe it's good because I, I wonder which role it was because it was funny because as we was leaving the uh, movie theater, um, you know, I was reminded that the oldest daughter in the movie was annoying. Like she was just getting on your nerves. Like, you know, you know how it is like you see a horror flick and like, mm. girl, don't walk down that room. What are you doing? What are you doing? Looking like, girl, yeah. get, get your butt back in the car. What are you doing? What are you doing? So maybe he didn't want, want people to come down on this door. Yeah, I didn't read the entire story. I just saw the, the headline and all that and the quote. Yeah. Uh, she didn't talk to him for two weeks. So, but glad you got to see it. She wasn't in it, but I'm glad she got to see it. <laughs> Thank everybody for making Locked On 76 is your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76 is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, right here at Locked On 76. I'm sure she'll have other roles that she will land. This just wasn't the one for her. She'll be good. She'll be great. Yeah. Well, listen, man, uh, there's not much going on, of course, as we get ready for the start of camp, training camp. And we wanted to switch it up a little bit today and touch on, we always talked about Locked On NBA and and them, where, you know, you talk about everything that they do around the league. But we wanted to kind of go around the league because the Kevin Durant story is still dominating. When you think it's going away, even though a, a deal has yet to be done, pops right back in with the new update, Champ Sharania uh, of the Athletic and Stadium, uh, out with some new information, where a few weeks ago it was about the Sixers keep, where they were the ones with the Boston Celtics that were really hot and heavy on the, on the trail for Kevin Durant. And in this particular case now, it's about a Western Conference team, a surprise Western Conference team, and a surprise Eastern Conference team, uh, really. But um, not that surprising because, as we've talked about, it's Kevin Durant. Yeah, and, and, and be honest with you, I, I I don't think it's surprising at all. I mean, I here's the thing: I remember once when I first got on the beat, and I was talking to an executive, and he told me that whenever there's a top-notch player who becomes available, if you don't make that call to inquire about what that guy, what what the team is willing to give up for that guy, then you might not be that executive longer. I mean, for long, he says it's just. Everyone makes that call. 
So once Kevin Durant became available, every team, every other team in the league, out, uh, you know, called the Brooklyn Nets to see what it would it take. You do that. You make that phone call. First of all, you make sure you say, hey, is this true? And then if not, what will it? And, and if so, what will it take? So, you know, it's not surprising. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing is like one of the teams that came up, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Memphis Grizzlies. Now you look at the Memphis Grizzlies and you say to yourself, okay, you got a young core. Maybe you may want to speed the process up a little bit, right? There's that. But when it comes down to the Milwaukee Bucks making that call, again, I said everyone has to make that call. But for them to move forward with it, it makes no sense. And the one thing that we got to be, um, because you got, you already got a core group. So you're going to give up um, Chris Middleton and, and, and some other guys or possibly Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday to make that work? Nah. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, and then, I don't think they would give up both. Nah, yeah. you know, come on now. But see, a lot of times we got to understand something. The word that's coming out is that the Brooklyn Nets don't want to trade them. They don't want to trade them. So they're over asking for too much for them. Or sometimes stuff gets leaked out saying that teams are doing that, maybe via an agent, maybe someone else, because they want to keep the market going. But, you know, it's not surprising to me that a lot of teams are acquiring about them because, like I said it beforehand, that you have to. You have to at least see if it's real. I also saw one uh, from the story that uh, Shams put together that the Atlanta Hawks back in it offering John Collins and DeAndre Hunter and some picks. So, you know, that's where that's where teams are going to go. DeAndre Hunter with John Collins and some picks. Of course, you have some young talent that you can throw their way, but is that going to satisfy the Brooklyn Nets in this particular case? No, and the Sixers, as we talked about, they don't have a bad – a package where you start off with Tyrese Maxey as the headline with Tobias Harris and others, but the picks are the issue with the 76ers uh, angle of this entire thing. And uh, hypothetically, uh, with the picks, I mean, with the Milwaukee Bucks, even though they would have to take away a lot of stuff from their team, what, what would that mean for the Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis and Kevin Durant? You know what? I'll be honest with you. If I was the Sixers, I would, I would, I would be happy. I mean, real rap. Like, I would be. I mean, if, if you got rid of Chris Middleton and let's say, I think, and, and some other uh, key pieces to that team, I would be happy because you, you look at Giannis right now. This is Giannis's team, and I get it. He's he's a, a, a selfless player. He could care less about all that stuff. But let's face it, at the end of the game, he the ball's in his hands. So you're going to give away depth and you're going to have two elite stars, right? But you're going to give away depth. Kevin Durant, you know, he has yet to play a full season in the last three years. He's getting a little bit older. And yes, you got a two-headed monster. But I think the thing that separates the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks right now from most teams in the East is their depth. And you're going to get rid of that depth. So now we all know you you reduce your roster, you shrink your roster, your rotation in the postseason. But at the same time, I would be excited if they trade broke that team up for him. Oh well, um, well that's crazy. And the Memphis Grizzlies were the Western Conference surprise team 
Uh, I was a little surprised, but not that surprised. You know what I mean? So yeah, make your make your calls, do all the stuff that you need to do to get Kevin Durant. Uh, on our next one, Keith, we need to talk about Donovan Mitchell. It was uh, when you talk about crazy asks uh, from general managers. Apparently, Danny Ainge turned uh, a few people off with the uh, package that he was trying to get in return for the uh, young star in Donovan Mitchell. We'll talk about him. We'll even get into LeBron James making the rounds summer league basketball-wise. We'll do that all coming up next right here, Locked On 76. You know, before we do that, let's talk about Rocket Money. So why did True Bill change his name to Rocket Money, right? We'll tell you that. We'll tell you what we've heard. Right. And what we heard was a lot of stuff about that. True Bill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app until a full on full personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members an average of $700 a year. Ooh, that's a lot of money. And with that, all that growth comes the next evolution of True Bill's story. A new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything I've loved about True Bill, but with a fresh look and feel. Start canceling your unread subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA or download the app from the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Do it today, people. Do it today. I need to save some money. So I need. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> buying, buying too many sneakers. That's what my problem is. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I need, I need a break. I need to stop doing that. Oh, man, well, listen, we got to welcome everybody back. Uh, Locked on 76 is on this Monday. Uh, we thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen for your next listen. Of course, check out Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you do get your podcast. So, Keith, I, I was scrolling this weekend and I saw I happened to come across Danny Ainge. Well, a story about Danny Ainge really negotiating uh, the Donovan Mitchell conversation and asking um, for... Let me see. Let me see if I have it right. He was asking for two unprotected, based on the story, two unprotected first round picks, five in total. And um, that was according to The Athletic. And he was also, of course, looking for the players. Uh, Evan Fournier, New York recently made an offer of Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, additional salary, and two unprotected first round picks, five total. These sources say, um, but the Jazz have been asking for more significant uh, package than that. And what I saw, I believe it was like seven first-round picks they were trying to ask for. Uh, for the, uh, the NBA has changed so much where it was about players. It was always about players in these trades. Where we, I would get excited for trades when I would watch them fall down, come down as a kid, because there were so many talking about players moving on to a new destination, new city, uh, and not necessarily first-round picks because we didn't care. But with today's league and the players being so young and knowing what these picks mean in terms of the value goes, especially with the salaries being so high with the players, this is crazy. 
as I get it for Donovan Mitchell, a, a, a multi-time all-star and a young player that we look at that's going to be a star in this league for many, many years, uh, but he hasn't gotten the Utah Jazz over the top as of yet with them rebuilding things there. Seven first-round picks, though. I mean, that Rudy Gobert trade really, really changed things for how teams are going to be asking for other stars who they feel can do more than Rudy Gobert. By the way, was that five first-round picks for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know what it is? It's basically is it's telling you that, you know, Danny Ainge has another move to be made. Now, first of all, when you look at it and you and you say to yourself, the best thing that or what what the Knicks are willing to offer are those two players in a couple picks. I don't think that's enough, those two players for a guy like Donovan. Mitchell. No, I don't think so. Either. Yeah. So, you know, so with Danny's like, all right, well, that's what y'all giving. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to give up some picks. And the thing is, because I'm thinking about Utah, they don't move the needle to me in Utah. Like, they're not going to make the Utah's jazz better. Like, what they may do is – yeah, they're going to help them with the tanking process and, and you know, doing this and that. But is Utah, when you look at Utah, like, basically, he knows that in order for him to, to like, do what the Sixers did and try to get a Joel Embiid or whatever, you're going to have to have a lot of draft picks and possibly use them. But also, in order for you to get, like, an A-list type of player who may say, hey, I want to be out like Kevin Durant, or something like that, you're going to have to have some draft picks to give to a team, you know, for that. Because then what that team is essentially doing is, okay, well, we're going to go into rebuilding mode because we're going to give you our disgruntled A-list guy because we're going to rebuilding mode and take it. So whenever I hear of Danny Ains doing what he's doing, that's just telling me that he's thinking down the road and another move is going to be made. I mean, look at this team. This team is – they got one, I believe, one national TV game. Yes. One. Yeah. One. When I was looking at that list, and look, I was I knew that they would drop down a bit because of where the rebuild was going to go. Rudy Gobert was already out. And we we all believe at some point that Donovan Mitchell will be traded. So that's fine. But I was like, wow, one? They hoping that they hoping that they make a trade. That's what it is. <laughs> right. They're down there with the Orlando Magic, the Detroit Pistons, and all those teams that are, are you know, just required to have one nationally televised game. And I, I was really surprised that the Utah Jazz only had one. I thought maybe they would do like five uh, in the event that he was still there, Donovan Mitchell, for uh, you know, at least the first half of the season, something along those lines. They catch, they catch, you know, a little little wave of of winning and go from there. But one, one nationally televised game. Oh man, how how would they have fallen? They're definitely in rebuild mode, and they're going to be starting from the bottom. Seven picks Danny Ainge asked for for Donovan Mitchell. I don't think he gets that many, uh, especially based on the team and whatever the return as far as a player goes. So if it is R.J. Barrett in the deal, then you know maybe that will stop them from doing that. Plus, they have to pay R.J. Barrett if they were to uh, trade for him and, and all. So yeah, interesting. Going to keep watching for that. If I had to ask you right now, you already said Kevin Durant, you think he'll be there starting training camp. Do you believe Donovan Mitchell will also be there starting training camp? Man, maybe the mm. start of training camp, maybe, but I do believe that. I, I, I mean, I, 
I kind of expect him, the Knicks, to get him I, I, if they have enough. I mean, you know, but they they just gotta they gotta it, it, you know it's up to the to them to say like what how much do we want them because if you start adding some better players <laughs> into the mix, then maybe you can get it right. You can get it done. Um, but apparently, you know, they're you know R.J. Barrett is a guy, but. It's a lot of unknown to him. So why would a team really trade for him at this particular time with the unknown? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. I, I do think right now Donovan Mitchell will be a part of the Utah Jazz to start training camp. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. And we'll see about R.J. Barrett and, and all of that. But, yeah, right now I think uh, – and then I even saw something where real fast uh, <clears throat> that – Danny Ainge was, was really hot on the trails of Quentin Grimes versus one of the more popular players that were on the New York Knicks. And um, he wanted him included in the deal where the Knicks were steadfast on saying no. Uh, they did not want to give up Quentin Grimes in any deal. So uh, a, lo- a lot of negotiation, a lot of back and forth between the two teams. And in the end, we'll see what happens during the season. But as far as the start of of training camp, I think both players, Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell, will both be with their respective clubs. And finally, Keith, we need to talk about LeBron James making another visit, Pro-Am, Summer League. He's doing so out west, Seattle. Man, a lot, a lot, a lot of people out there camping out. We'll discuss it next right here, Locked On 76ers. Yeah. Welcome back, Locked On 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Giddens here with you on a Monday, and uh, we look forward to talking to you a few more times this week as we, hey man, August is uh, almost rounding out, huh? We're already in the August 20 stage. We're in August right now, August 22nd, and uh, before you know it, football season will be underway in September, and then at the end of September, we'll be getting ready for media day and training camp and all, so, uh, but listen, man, uh, seeing the video, I saw a guy camping out for the, uh, crossover j crossover i believe is called jamal crawford has been doing the pro-am summer league since he was in the league for many many years and a lot of players go visit from kobe bryant uh lebron james in the past and and so so many other players that have gone out there and visited a lot of seattle players come out of there you know isaiah thomas dejounte murray more recently paolo banchero from Duke, he's the number one overall pick for the Orlando Magic. They had a little bit of beef, Murray and Paolo Banchero, which was all weird. And uh, now LeBron James comes out there, man. It was a guy camping out. I saw him, and he was the first one. He had a tent outside of the arena. The name uh, the name of the arena escapes me, but um, Jamal Crawford has done a fantastic yeah, Pacific. And, and the guy was mm-hmm. camping out. And then when you saw the next video I saw, they were wrapped around the building out there the next day, I mean, the day before, for a chance to see LeBron James play. Yeah, yeah. The the university that you're talking about is Seattle Pacific. It's like a real small arena. You know, Jamal caught a lot of flack because of that, because, I mean, it was early in the game, and the guy, Chet Holmgren, you know, the the floor was slippery. And and first of all, there were some people, there was, like you said, the guy camping out. I I hope he got in, because there were a lot of people. Did they? Did you hear what like a lot of people were saying? Um, a lot of people were upset, and they're upset with Jamal because people been camping out for like you said forever, and to get in. And what happened is 
they were letting people in allegedly from from the side and back doors who were friends and family who weren't in the line. So only about 150, if that, I'm just what I'm reading, um, got in. So people were upset from the and, main from the main entrance. Yeah, from only the, like the people who were camping out. So Jamal's catching a lot of flack in, mm-hmm. in Seattle right now. Um, but and then it was so hot in there to where there was a lot of condensation on the floor. People were slipping. Chet Hungren got injured early. Uh, and then um, uh, Marshawn Bochamp goes up for a layup and then he gets injured. And then they just shut it down. And uh, you see LeBron walking. I mean, it was it was crazy in there. Now, the thing is, I understand why people are upset. I get it. I get it. But I, I think they're being a little bit unjust on um, on Jamal Crawford. And I'm just going to share this. I remember I went to Seattle. And if people don't know anything about Seattle basketball, you need to look it up. A lot of great players came out of Seattle. A lot of great players came out of Jamal Crawford's high school, Rainer Beach. And it's funny, Nate, uh, who is it? Um, um, with, uh, uh, Nate, Nate, what's his name, little short dude? Nate, um, you know what I'm talking about? Slam, the guy who played for the... Uh, oh, Nate Robinson. Yeah, Nate Robinson. It's funny, him and Jamal played for the Knicks, and they went to the same high school, right? Mm-hmm. Nate Robinson. Um, uh, it's like uh, Doug Christie. All types of people came out of this Rainer Beach school. So when you go to Seattle, the first person they tell you to get in contact with is Jamal because he knows all the history of Seattle basketball. And I went there and I did a story on Matisse Thibel, who's from Seattle, and I had to get in contact with Jamal. Great dude. Great ambassador. All he does is promote Seattle basketball, this and that. And he brought LeBron there. And a lot of people were upset because they didn't get to see it. And they turned their backs on Jamal. I mean, they're like, hey, you this, you that, da-da-da, because they were upset. And I think it's unfair. Now, could the thing could have been a little bit more organized? Yeah. You know, could have been, I think if it was at a bigger venue, it would have been better. But let's face it, this is where the games are always played at, right? It's kind of like saying we're going to take the Danny Rump from the South and go play at the Wells Fargo. Well, you got that type of money to do that right now. Right. And, and what, so, so, you know, but it was, it, unfortunately it was a bad day, but that is a great venue because how many venues do you hear of where it's free to the public? Now, again, LeBron was coming. Jason Tatum was coming. So everybody and their mom wanted to go there and it became such in high demand. And I just feel like it was a, a bad day, but it's a great event. Yeah, a bad day for everything that he has done uh, for for that league, for that tournament, for that pro-am. Uh, one bad day doesn't take away from everything that he has done, especially when, I mean, look, it, I, I even saw a tweet that from someone else that was uh, – had connection to um, another arena and said, Jamal, next time we'll, well, you know, whenever you need our arena, we'll open it up for you. And he said, thanks. So I'm, I'm guessing this was a bigger arena that he, I mean, like, I don't know if it was like the size of the key arena, but basically said, 
uh, next time we'll open it up for you and you know we'll work together this is too big for us not to work together on something like this now what took them so long when jamal's been doing this for many years but you're right man you don't want to open it up too big and next thing you know it's not the same if you're playing inside the nba arena where you have something a little more intimate where players can really be there on top of these NBA stars that they may never get a chance to see, especially in Seattle where they don't have a basketball team right now. So I, I, I didn't see all of that stuff where you talked about where they kind of turned their back on Jamal Crawford, but you're right, man. He's done a lot for that, for that city, bringing NBA people there in the summer. And uh, I hope that this one experience where of course the floor being too hot, all that stuff doesn't, take away from what he has done for them and what he continues to do for and representing that city. Yeah. Let me say this though. I'm going to be honest. Like, uh, like I remember it was one day I had a sport, I had a sports illustrated several years ago and it broke down the history of, you know, top cities with basketball players where they come from. And it was Seattle, man. Like, and it named like a who's who like Brandon Roy, Jason Terry, um, of course, Jamal Crawford, um, you know, and 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 other players who came there. And I'm telling you, most of these guys went on to the University of Washington. Now, we know Pablo went to Duke and, and, and all this other stuff. Jamal Crawford went to the University of Michigan because he was at that point. He was one of the first guys, they said, that kind of like really put put it on the map. Like, don't get me wrong, they had other guys before him. But what he wanted to do is he wanted to get notoriety. So, so what happened is that was right after the Fab Five. He saw that. He goes to the University of Michigan, you know, and he was balling out. But he's so loyal to the point where he's the one telling these cats. And he was like, yo, go to Washington. Go to UW. You can be the man. Like, I, I put us on the map. I helped us doing it. And he, and like, go there. And what he does is he has his his tournament and the top high school guys or this pro-am, they play in it. Matisse mm-hmm. has been playing it since he was in high school, right? Um, DeJounte Murray, like DeJounte Murray went to Jamal Crawford's high school, right? So he's been playing in it since he was in high school. You know, so I'm telling you, man, it's like, to me, that was a bucket list. I was there for, what, two days? enjoying it, seeing the scene, went to the high school because mm-hmm. I had to go. I had to see it. And you go up there and you see all these guys who went on to play, you know, major division one um, uh, basketball yeah. guys who made it into the NBA. And the funny thing is, get this, a lot of people don't know this. The assistant coach there is from Philly, <laughs> a Philly dude. So we were like cracking up and joking, but I'm telling you, man, like, you know, I didn't, you know, I understand people were upset. But I saw, I was like looking at the comments, you know, on Twitter. And I was like, come on, man. Why y'all going to do Jamal like this? Because Jamal is Seattle. Like Jamal could run for mayor of Seattle. I mean, and it's funny because when I went to Seattle, he's like, oh, don't worry. I got you taken care of. I'm going to look out for you. People going to know who you are. You go check this place out. Go there. I'm telling you, Jamal sent me. And then also Matisse's agent looked out for me, too who used to represent Jamal. So I'm telling you, man, like the stuff that you see, and I know people are upset because they wanted to see LeBron and all this, and they feel like, you know, this and that and da, da, da. But believe me, 
LeBron would not have came. Uh, Jason Tatum wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Jamal Crawford. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, shout out Brandon Roy, one of my favorites uh, coming out of that area. Of course, Garfield. we cut short with the injuries, but a, a tremendous basketball player, man. So dope, so dope. You, but, hey, uh, let me tell you this. I mean, you know, Brandon Roy is the coach at Garfield, right? Yes. So high school. He, he was right? coaching two schools, and then he went to Garfield. He was coaching yeah. another one. And he went to Garfield. Tony Roten went to Garfield, right? Yeah. So people know. So now here's the funny part about this. Quincy Jones went to Garfield. Bruce Lee went to Garfield. <laughs> right? It's crazy, man. I'm telling you. And I'm telling you, when I was there, D, and I don't like I I had to go. I had to go to Garfield. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see all this. And it's funny because they have like a Quincy Jones wing. And you're like, wow. Shouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, of course. But 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 then they was, I said, Bruce Lee? He's like, yeah, Bruce Lee. And Garfield is kind of, you know what? It's the equivalent of Bruce Lee going to Simon Gratz. Like okay. Garfield is that school. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's that school, right? Yeah. And Bruce Lee went there. They're like, oh, yeah, Bruce was, yeah, Bruce was cool. That's good. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's good. You get different perspective, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and look, man, basketball is basketball. We both love it. That's why we do what we do. And, of course, we'll even talk about the stuff in Seattle. They need a team back. This is the bottom line. They need an NBA team back out there in, in Seattle. But, Keith, thanks as always, man. Really appreciate it. We got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen uh, on this on this Monday. And uh, now make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you do get your podcast. Keith, let the people know where they can find us if you don't mind, man. Like D just said, wherever you can get your podcast, you can get Locked On NBA, but you can also get Locked On 76ers. And for the YouTube channel, what you need to do is go Locked On 76ers on, on YouTube, right? And then you'll, be, you, you'll get on there. And what you need to do is click on the Liberty Bell and you become a subscriber. Today from 6 to 10, all this week, listen to my man Divine Givens at the Divine Givens Show on 97.5 FM. You can follow D on Twitter at DivineG975. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. And I'm still on vacay from the day job. But you can also... Go to Enquire.com to get your Sixers news. Man, always great catching up with you. Uh, and we'll be back to talk to you folks uh, probably Wednesday. But if we uh, if we uh, have some time, we'll maybe jump in tomorrow. But it looks like Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. But we'll also, again, if things change, we'll make sure we change, we change accordingly. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate it. Thanks, Keith. All right. Peace, bro. You got it, man.